G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Rise and Shine, Rise and shine. with Robbo and Becky on Vision. We've got John Mackay, the creation guy, in the studio with us, which is always Woo-hoo. great. Good morning. Good morning to you and to you, sir. So good yeah. to be with you again, John. And, of course, we're asking people to call through with your with questions for you, mm-hmm. so you can ring 1-800-316-316 with your questions for John Mackay. But before we get into the questions, a quick uh, question for you as far as what you're up to. I know you've got a bit of travel and bit some, some events coming up. up. Okay, about two weeks ago, we sold out of our book, Tights and Mites and Fossil Fights, so we're reprinting that. Okay. Oh, great new edition, so that's coming out hopefully just in time for our open day, so that's a good place to start. Oh, great. September 24th, and you will have heard the ads on Vision yes, already, yes. and we've already had people sign up from those oh, ads, so brilliant. that's great. September 24th, our open day at Jurassic Park, the world's biggest outdoor creation museum and it's right here in Queensland, Australia and all you, the rest of you Aussies are welcome too. Oh, okay. uh, so that's sort of from 10.30 through to uh, 2.30. Mm-hmm. But we've got something special coming up next week and that is for three years as COVID has battled uh. on, right, we've been trying to get our museum in Tasmania officially open. Now it's been unofficially open but next week we're having the official opening, Ooh. you know, the one yeah, where yeah. you can actually open the doors yeah. and let everybody in and all that. So I'm looking forward to being the the chief guest speaker, as it were, down there. And we've even invited some of the local media, and some have already been there and been absolutely wowed by it. We love it. Just amazing. So praise the Lord for that. Brilliant. That's that's what's keeping me occupied for much of September. Oh, you're busy, busy, busy people. I'm glad we got you on the first day. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly. Well, you can see the details for both those events, the location, the dates and everything, all online at creationresearch.net. So make sure you check that out. And do call through with your questions for John Mackay, anything to do with creation or anything really to do with the Bible, theology, geology, whatever it is. Let us know, 1-800-316-316. Give us a call with your questions for John Mackay, the creation guy. Connecting faith to life. Rise and shine with Robbo and Becky on Vision. John Mackay, the creation guy, is in the studio. And I always love it because there's always a little bit of show and tell. That's certainly true, but today you're going to do a bit of show and tell with me. So here's my first question, Becky. Oh, my goodness. Help me, Robert. What's hairy and lives in a tree? Ooh. Don't know. Next no. clue. Occasionally it drops out of a tree. A drop bear. Drop bear. No. no <laughs> They're no. not real, are they? Yeah. And, and it makes milk. Coconut. Coconut is Yay! correct. Right. You okay. can have a star on my so, star chart. Yeah, well I done. brought my hairy coconut along, gave it my cap to wear. I'm sure they can see this. On, well, I'll make sure I've got the right way up. Uh, yep, I think that's the right way up. So when you have a look at it, how many eyes can you see at the end there, or how many holes? Three. 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 Now, she you don't need two. to go to Specsavers, no, Becky. I'm that's good. really, really cool. <laughs> but you see, I bought a fossil coconut in as well. Now, it's oh, hard to wow. see, isn't it? Isn't that cute? That's amazing. Now, this is a present-day coconut. This is an extinct fossil coconut from New Zealand. Now, oh, choice, bro. Oh, all sorts of things. The <laughs> fact is the climate changed in, in New Zealand, so coconuts couldn't grow anymore. And neither could gum trees because the gum trees died out. And so did the big snakes 
Right, Good. there's big snakes. We in like the, that. Yeah, I know that's right. Well, one day one of our Aussie snakes is going to get yeah, back over. You watch oh, it. Oh no, it'll, it'll no, happen. no, no! <laughs> but in reality, if people are worried about climate change now, it's happened over and over again. Ah. Sometimes it's affected the size or where plants can live. Sometimes it's affected where the big snakes can live, so you can go to New Zealand Yay, safely, snake free. But you see, what happened is, is most interesting. Coconuts have only ever turned into coconuts. Or sadly, in some places, they've died out. So you have to buy them in from Australia. Yeah, yeah love it. Cool. Okay, all that. right. Look. Sure, you want yeah. the little one? Yeah. Sure, there you are. It's very cool. Very cool. That's amazing. So that's uh, just a tiny, I mean, it's what, a, a fraction of the size of a that? A fraction of the size, up. yes, that's yeah. correct. It's, uh, so that's amazing. That's great. Now, yeah. what's the go with the three holes? I mean, is that sort of... Uh, well, that's so kids can paint on them, pretend they're monkeys and put their hats on and all of that. Yeah. Uh, so, no, it, it just makes it easier for you to split it up. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if that was God's intention. Yeah. But it certainly does. Mm. You use your knife, chop it down the centre there and drink out of it. Mm-hmm. Love that's it. right, yeah, because it makes a little nice yeah. uh, you know, pouring hole as yeah. well. That's right. That's fantastic. That. Very cool. We'll add some photos. This is on Facebook, by the way, but um, we'll put some photos, some up-close mm-hmm. photos of those, uh, the coconut and the fossil mm-hmm. coconut on the comments as well. Sounds so good, you can and see more the, of that on creationresearch.net yeah. anytime you check like. Check it out. Exactly, you can check out Creation Research. If you've mm. ever got questions about fossils, uh, lots of uh, great Q&A on there that you'll find. But uh, yes, if you've got any questions today, comment there on Facebook or give us a call, 1-800-316-316. Let us know your questions for John Mackay, the creation guy. Faith, fun and friends. This is Rise and Shine with Robbo and Becky on Vision. And John Mackay, the creation guy, who is taking your questions this morning so you can get them in at 1-800-316-316. That's 1-800-316-316. Also, you can uh, send a comment on Facebook or send a message on Facebook or even an email. We've had an email come in from Mike in Tassie who asks this question. He says, please ask John Mackay if Adam and Eve would have eaten from the tree of life in the middle of the garden before they sinned, what would have happened? Because obviously, you know, they ate from the other tree first and then God blocked them from getting to the tree of life. Mm-hmm. What would have happened if it had gone the other way? Interesting question, Mike, and I'll be in Tasmania from next Wednesday yes. on for nearly a week. So look forward to seeing you at our meetings in Launceston and Sheffield and things like that. Okay, if Adam and Eve had eaten <coughs> of, the <coughs> excuse me, of the tree of life, what would have happened? Well, I'll give you a couple of clues and then try and <laughs> hone in on a final answer for you. The Bible says in the New Testament that Christ was slain before the foundation of the world. Hard to deal with. Mm. But in reality, if you're a creator God who knows everything, you knew what would happen. Okay, so there's number one. Jesus was ready to die even before Adam and Eve were made, which meant hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. He knew what they would do. Mm. Okay, the first thing they are recorded as doing is eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yes, Eve ate first, but please don't blame her because God never does. He says she was tricked. And my favorite line is any woman who stands around talking to a snake, it's going to be tricked sooner or later. But Adam bears... That'll never happen to Becky. <laughs> don't get near close enough. That's right. Even that big 18-foot long no, python... No, I don't want to talk about it. That's right. And uh, so in reality, God knew what would happen, but he knew also the man would be the one who sinned because Jesus is a man. Mm-hmm. And eye for eye, tooth for tooth, it had to be a male who actually died for salvation. Mm. Wow, all the clues are starting oh, to wow. add up that God knew they wouldn't choose the tree of life first. I do not know how he'd know that. I have no idea because I don't know the future. 
I, I only just caught Robbo this morning with happy, you know, the first day of the month and affection and punch, yeah. punch etc. I usually forget that. But the Bible is emphatic that God had Christ ready for sacrifice before the foundation of the world. He was a male. It would be Adam who sinned. And your question, while it's interesting, you have to put it in the big basket labelled hypothetical mm. because there's no way in the world it was ever going to happen. Mm. I know that's disappointing, but m- <laughs> make sure that when you re- ask questions that they match the whole picture that the Scripture gives of God mm. and of man as well. Mm. That's interesting. No, a good it. response. Thank you, Mike, for the question. You can do what Mike's done. Send a message through on Facebook or send an email, riseandshine at vision.org.au. Or, of course, call through. We'd love to hear from you this morning, 1-800-316-316 is the number to call to ask your questions of John Mackay, the creation guy. Rise and shine with Robbo and Becky on Vision. We are taking your questions. Well, when I say we, we're giving them to John Mackay, the creation guy. <laughs> you guys, that's really good of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, so if you've got a question, uh, give us a call, 1-800-316-316 uh, to ask your question to John Mackay, the creation guy. And Pinky's given us a call this morning with a question. What do you want to ask to uh, John Mackay? Yeah, I worked in a coal mine and they told us that where there's coal, there's not gold. Have you got any thoughts on that? We, uh, yes, it's, we a, that it's a fallacious statement. Mostly, if you look at uh, Mount Morgan and that, many of these places were found as coal mines because people were looking for gold. If you come with me to the Philippines, I've explored the coal mines there, and there's often a conflict there between do I take out a lease for gold or do I take out a lease for coal? Because in the Philippines, you can have one or you can have the other. You can't have no, both. Right. So there is gold in the coal there, just like there's uranium. But don't tell the greenies. Uh, you will find <laughs> gold's got trace amounts of uranium, gold, and all sorts of things. And given that it's formed largely, the biggest po- deposits of coal are formed as flood deposits, you know, massive amounts of land ripped up, trees ripped up, carried along, dumped and buried you would expect mixtures of minerals to be in it rather than if you just had a swamp that sat there and accumulated bugs and weeds over millions of years, there'd be no gold in it. But Mm. there is evidence of sedimentary material being washed in, including gold and microscopic uranium that's been weaned out of somewhere else by flood erosion. So there's your answer, mate. Mm, That's interesting. Thank you very much. Thanks, Pinky. Yep. All right. No worries. I'll catch you. See ya. Good on you, mate. Bless Bye. You. Bye. Let us know. I've got a question for John Mackay. You can call through 1-800-316-316. Always love hearing uh, the questions on all different uh, range of topics. So call through 1-800-316-316 with your questions for John Mackay, the creation guy. Getting your day off to a great start with a breakfast full of positive music, fun, inspiration, and so much more. Rise and, shine Rise and Shine with Robbo and Becky on Vision. Yeah, a special guest with us yes, in the studio Yes, John Mackay, well. the creation guy, is in the studio taking your questions, and I just love it. There's a question, and he just he doesn't even have to think. He I know. takes a breath and answers it's straight amazing. away. So <laughs> if you've got a question, let us know, 1-800-316-316. Janet's given us a call. you got a question for John Mackay? Yes, yes, I do. Yes, um, I was t- um, speaking to a person who was talking to a, a um, there was a book written by Dr. Hugh Ross and he speaks about the creation as being not literally seven days but like a thousand years uh, as a day sort of thing yep. in the creation so what would you say to that, that particular theory? 
Okay, first of all, the person who gave it to you, if they're troubled by it, rightly so, but ask them to get out their Bible and let's read it, right? Because they mm-hmm. have to decide, first of all, is Hugh Ross their authority or is the Bible their authority? That's the hidden mm-hmm. conflict going on here. Now, I've mm-hmm. read all Hugh Ross, I've heard him talk, I've all of these things, right? I've also mm-hmm. read my Bible. And the one thing mm-hmm. you notice when you look at your Bible, uh, day one, he makes the heavens and the earth right, and it's covered with water. Mm. Day two, he raises up the dry land and separates the waters below from the waters. Yep. Sorry, day two, separates the waters above, waters below. Day three, raises up the dry land and makes the plants. Day four, mm. makes the sun, moon, and stars, right? Yeah. So what you've mm. got is a, a process where if you're going to have the plants there for millions of years or thousands of years like mm. Hugh Ross would like, there's no insects mm. there till day five and day six. So yeah. all the flowers mm. are going to be dead, all the ones uh-huh. that need pollination. So Hugh Ross, never be afraid of people's suggestions about how to read the Bible. Just say, mm. let's test it like the Scripture says, like Paul wrote to Timothy, test everything, only keep the things that are true, right? And uh-huh. test it and say, if God made bees on day, uh, day five at the earliest, and day six usually, mm. Uh, would they have had anything to eat if all the flowers had died because there was no bees back on day three? Right, So the whole system simply doesn't work. As much as he uh-huh. likes to stretch out the days, and really what he's mm. trying to do is to fit the Bible somehow yeah. into millions of years. Mm. That's what he's yeah, trying to do. Yeah. And, and whilst right. he wouldn't mm. claim to be an evolutionist, that's the end result. Mm. Um, I love to tell people that, any time you start doubting any part of the Bible, you end up doubting mm. the lot or else you put uh-huh. it into pigeonholes and you can't go there and find out what wonderful things it has to teach you. So be mm-hmm. careful of Hugh Ross. Um, you could mm-hmm. say he means well, but he's yep. not achieving that which he could achieve if he actually believed the whole of God's word. And as I've said uh-huh. in print to Hugh Ross, that if you are going to be on Judgment Day standing as someone Mm. Uh, who claims to be a Christian, and God says, oh, you're the man who wrote that book. And Uh and Hugh Ross will say, oh, I didn't know you read my publications in heaven. (laughs) And God says, we we keep track of everything. And uh, God will say, I've only got Mm. one question, Mr. Ross. What's that? Why did you Mm. call me a liar? Mm. Right now, this is Mm. where it's so important we realize that Jesus Mm. said, I am the way, the truth. Mm. And Mm. he also said, if it was not so, I would have told you. So you can rely mm-hmm. on God's word from cover to cover uh, and you only have to worry about interpreting it when it says this is a parable or this is a mm-hmm. mystery, right? Then, mm-hmm. you can, then you have a bit of liberty, but where it just says A, a happen, mm-hmm. B happen, C happen, D happen, and mm-hmm. any kid can read it, right? Don't, mm-hmm. don't try mm-hmm. playing around with it. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. Okay. Excellent. Thank you can, can very, you, very much you for can, that. You can go to creationresearch.net, click yep. on fact file and click on Q&A, and you'll find mm-hmm. everything I've said just there. Look up Hugh Ross. Okay. okay. Thank you so Excellent. much. Good on you. Love Thanks it. so much okay. for the call. Thanks, Jeanette. You can call through with your questions for John Mackay, the creation guy, as well. We've got another hour with John this morning, so call in. one oh, 316 is the number to call. And, of course, John, you mentioned that uh, the fact file and your, your Q&A uh, section of the website. I mean, there's really you've got a huge breadth of information there, don't you? That uh, people can uh, any time if if someone throws them a curly question, yeah, jump that's onto that. Certainly true. We've uh, been running the website now for decades, and uh, our webman just keeps adding, adding, adding <laughs> inventing better indexing systems. Yeah, so there's stuff there that's 30 years old, 40 years old, but it's lovely for easy to access. Mm. Just go to creationresearch.net, click on fact file. 
put put in a topic, click on Q&A, put in a topic, or uh, ring Vision now and ask you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's, the, that's the better way to do it, ring now and call and ask your question. 1-800-316-316 is the number to do that. We'd love to hear from you with your questions for John Mackay, the creation guy. As Becky said, really, there's just a... You're like a walking encyclopedia, mate. It's incredible, you know. I love Ask it. the question and the response is there straight away. So call now with your question, 1-800-316-316. With your questions for John Mackay, the creation guy. They're part of your morning routine. It's Rise and Shine with Robbo and Becky on Vision. John Mackay, the creation guy, has joined us in the studio taking your questions. If you've got one, 1-800-316-316 is the number. And Michael does have one. He's got a question for John. What is it, mate? Now, John... Um We've heard of um, cavemen and hunters and hunters and gatherers and that, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, well, was there such a thing? Um, and if so, was Adam a caveman? Um, what about his descendants? And if uh, if there was such a thing, when did they die out? If you come with me to Nashville and we start walking up the river towards the heads of the Tennessee River and things like that you will find caves mm-hmm. on the banks. Now, when the mm-hmm. English settlers first moved into that region, you'd had the American Indians living there in their tents and sometimes wooden huts, but the new settlers mm-hmm. had no places to live. They needed a protective place, so you find the evidence is they turned into cavemen because caves were the mm-hmm. only place they had to live, and that's the 1600s, 1700s. So a caveman is any man who lives in a cave. No problem at all with the definition, and it's true at any age. If you come opal digging with me out in the uh, centre of Australia, you will find whole towns underground in caves because it's stupid to live above ground. It's too hot, right? So there's Cave City and all of those sort of things. So these opal diggers are modern cavemen. Okay, going back into your Bible, the first reference to cavemen is, if I remember correctly, in the book of Isaiah, where there are young people there who've been absolutely rebellious, so they get kicked out and they go and live in the caves and in the crags. All right, so uh, mm-hmm. usually mm-hmm. you'll find that cave people uh, of any age, any era, are those who either because they are new to a district, there's no city there, there's no buildings already, caves are a very sensible place to live, particularly if you need protection from the weather or from violent people or animals who are already there. So in the Bible, these youths are not just able to make a habitation in the cave, they were kicked out of town because they were violent and rebels. And so Mm. usually what I find in in education is the violent rebels don't go away with too much knowledge when they get kicked out of school. Uh, That's one reason they got kicked out. So they have to start from scratch. Now you'll find the first first, um, time we needed to dwell in caves was after Babel. Because you have a society yeah. which is organised by Nimrod, right? He was the the, yeah. the catcher. He was the one that's recorded as a hunter, but not a hunter of animals. He's a hunter of men as well, right? And so he introduced yeah. slavery and all those sort of things. That when Babel was judged, what what Nimrod had achieved was to um, engineer society so that some became brick builders, some became uh, bitumen diggers, some became bread makers, others became painting experts, right? But then they were split up. And I'm afraid that anyone who can bake bread has long forgotten how to make bricks. 
So therefore you need to live in a place where I can still make bread, but I don't need to worry about a building over me. You'll find some people are brilliant painters, so they start painting the cave walls. Hey, look at this cool art, Uh, but they can't make houses. And some people can make houses, but they couldn't bake a loaf of bread for love nor money. So you start getting the split up of society, and that starts giving rise to your organised cave dwellers uh, who will take a while uh, like, I mean, Tennessee, 16, 1700s cave people. Go to Nashville now. It's anything but a cave, even though yeah. there's hundreds of caves underneath it, right? Mm-hmm. And they were used for storing bootleg and all of that in the <laughs> in in the uh, earlier eras of, of the banning banning alcohol. So you'll find that cavemen get reinvented every time, and the sort of one you're thinking of is sort of like Neanderthal and all of those sort of things. They never were yeah. uh, unintelligent, ape-like creatures, I mean, Neanderthal, he had 200 cubic centimetres more brain space than you and me. Uh, I've got his skulls at home, right? So we've gone downhill, if anything, but we've relied more and more on technology, and that's the clue in the history of man. As we have come from Adam through Babel down to the present, we need more and more things like um, air conditioning. Adam didn't need air conditioning. We need transport. Uh-huh. We have to spend a lot of time and money inventing transport instead of saying, why should I bother going over there? It's comfortable here. Look at this beautiful forest that we <laughs> live in, right? So we become technology dependent, which brings up a, a weakness in some of our people in society. They can't use computers. So somebody else has mm. to look up and put them in a nursing home, look after them. And so you en- end up with a splitting of knowledge again mm. like we had at Babel. So that's a brief history of cavemen. But again, go and have a look at creationresearch.net, search cavemen. Mm, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks so much for the call, Michael. Oh. Great to hear from you. Yeah, thanks thanks for that, John. You've always got an answer. Keep the questions coming for John Mackay, the creation guy. You can call 1-800-316-316. Owen's called up with a question. What have you got for John Mackay, Owen? Um, I did want to ask him sort of what what he thinks of an idea I had sort of floating around for a long time. <laughs> yeah, what's yeah, your what, idea? What is it? Um, I'm realising that, like, well, it borders on sort of why why we should be looking for another species or you know the space race and all of that mm. when you know, basically all we have is God's word and each other and hopefully a good relationship with our maker is how I look at the word, like sharing and caring in the good book and just wondering where in the good book it actually has prayers for like sharing, like couples Uh, uh, or whatever, you know. It's something that I look for, but I... It's pretty hard to find, and yet maybe it's all the way through. Okay, two parts to your question I can see. Are you asking, is there life elsewhere apart from planet Earth, or are you asking, how do we get on with the people who annoy us most? (laughs) (laughs) I think you interpreted my question. (laughs) I think you've got to put up with the person in the mirror, but then (laughs) you've got to be... You've got to be understanding that um, God's word, like there's a revision for everybody, I think, you know. Well, it's certainly true. Let me just deal with the first bit first, just in case there's somebody listening who thought that's what you meant. There is no evidence of life anywhere. We've been to the edge of the solar system now. We've never met anybody out there. And secondly, God never addresses any issue except to planet Earth. Mm. He made the earth, he put man on it to glorify him, 
sin became mm. a problem, and Jesus came to this planet, and he died for the sin of all mankind, which Romans says has affected the yeah. whole of creation. So there is nobody True. out there at all. There's just us. Right, I love the headlines in the yeah, Courier Mail when we still launched. Trying to put rockets into oh, we space. Are. We <laughs> are. I love the headlines of the Courier Mail when they'd launched a, a, a life-seeking um, big, big spaceship, and then three days later they said there is life in outer space, but it's only us. Right? So <laughs> that's the end of that, that question. Yeah. Re- really good quip from the Courier Mail. Uh, um, packed lunch. The, yeah, There's a lot right. in a packed lunch. The <laughs> other, other issue on how to deal with people. Uh, you're quite right. The hardest person to deal with is the one looking back at you in the mirror because we lie to ourselves and say, gee, aren't you good looking? Or someone says, how are you? And you say, I'm well, thank you. And you're lying through your teeth. You're not well at all, right? So there's a summary of every war, every conflict. We do not tell the truth to ourselves. And yet, uh, John, there's so much good and yet we're... we're blind to the blessings sometimes. Yes, we are. Basically, you have to deal, first of all, with the issue of sin, which is in you as much as in everybody else. And the only way of dealing with it is as compassionately as Jesus was. He dealt with... You. He dealt, he dealt with the people Amen who were... Amen to that, yeah. yeah who, who were prostitutes. And that right? is the and greatest was, good, yeah. Yeah, that's right. He was compassionate on the prostitutes, but he was angry at the hypocrites. Right, mm. Prostitutes were sinners and openly sinning, but not hypocritical about it. So yeah, you and so I, good. let's learn yeah. to love our enemies, love our friends, and um, first of all, learn to love the man in the mirror in the way Jesus did. Across Australia, this is Rise and Shine with Robbo and Becky on Vision. John Mackay, the creation guy, is here taking your questions. Yes, you can call through the question on 1-800-316-316. We've had uh, Pinky... A ring again with another question. Uh, what's your question for John Pinky? I'm, I'm a bit of a prospect myself. I don't mind chasing a bit of um, gold stuff yep. um, when I get a chance, which is not very often. But does was gold on the earth or did it uh, come from the celestial stars, do you know? Okay, you will find gold is mentioned in Genesis, chapters 1, 2, 3 and 4 particularly, where there was gold just outside the Garden of Eden and the term used for it is good gold. Now, that term is pretty much a term the Jewish gold dealers use still today because it's not just 10 carat, it's not just 14 carat, it's 24 carat or just under. It was good gold. And the, the original gold, of course, is created by God because it's there already on the sixth day of creation. It would have been made as part of the uh, planet on days one, two, and three. And it's definitely at the surface uh, by the time Adam and Eve come. So however it got there, we do not know. We're never told. But it's just outside the Garden of Eden. So even when Adam and Eve were tossed out of the garden, it was still beautiful uh, compared to what it is today. You didn't have to get your prospecting gear on, your metal detectors. It was just sitting there waiting for you to pick it up. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. I reckon. Yeah, because uh, Solomon had a fair sort of supply of it, didn't he? He certainly did, but he he had it largely as a conqueror, right, and as a king and uh, taxes and all of those sort of things that he got his gold supply. But he also had mines, right, one of the guys yep. who um, was the head of our geological association here in Australia. <laughs> he became a Christian, and he was sharing why and how he became a Christian 
He got a contract job in Israel after World War II as they were re-establishing everything. And he basically said he was given the Bible, the Old Testament, to actually track down any clues about where the minerals were. And he said, so he just followed all the descriptions of King David and Solomon. And he said, they were there. He said, I couldn't believe it. They were there. The Bible was true. Everywhere oh, I checked, wow. it was true. Right, so he became a Christian. How good is that? It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? I mean, the number of people that you hear about that do study the Bible, mm. like, I mean, I know, um, what's the guy, the case for Christ? Yeah. Um, yep. like, yeah, Lee look Strobel. At yeah, Lee Strobel. There we go. So they, they dig into it, and then they discover, look, the more I read, the more I realize this is actually accurate. Mm. And I mean, obviously, someone like that that's a bit of a, you yeah. know archaeologist or who, whatever the case is, it's uh, fantastic, well, isn't it? God puts it out like bait on a hook, yes. and the Holy Spirit begins to wind you in. Yep. I know it happened to me, and it happened to so many people. Yeah. Mm. Even our new museum in Tasmania, we've already had one person who came, then they came back, and then they said, this has opened my eyes. Wow. Uh, just the evidence, mm. and now, can I have a Bible? Yeah, there we go. see what's happening. Yep. Yes. That's so good. I love that. Love it. You can call through with your questions for John Mackay as well on 1-800-316-316. Steve's called up. What's your question for John, Steve? I started reading Genesis, and in the first day, I believe uh, God said, let there be light, and it was so. Is that correct? That is so. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1, 2, 3, yep. 4, and 5. Yep. But what puzzled me was that the, the sun and the moon and the stars that make the light didn't turn up till the fourth day. A couple of things that might help you, when you read the verses on day four about the sun, the word for sun actually means a bearer of the light, because the light was already made in existence. So if you analyze the whole section, God made the heavens and the earth and the light first. All that was needed for the plants to grow eventually was there before the plants came along, even though the plants came one day before the sun. You couldn't have had plants unless you had light. The sun takes over the role of being the timekeeper, but the time was already existed and God said he called the light day. Right, So the light defined the day yeah. right at the beginning, not the sun. We reverse that mm -hmm. to make the sun keep track of the light. If you want to know how to work it, a little experiment I give to students is very easy to demonstrate it. Can we say, let there be light and light appears? Well, not quite. We can sort of say, switch on, and the voice-activated light will switch on, but that's not exactly the same. But we can actually generate light. We sort of cheat compared to God's way. We get a torch, you know, put some batteries in it, and we turn the electrical energy into light as it passes through the little filament, or these days, digital light, right? That very bright digital light, which right, is great. Right. But here's what you can do. Leave the torch on for one second. The speed of light, 186,000 miles a second or 300,000 kilometers a second. Yep. You leave it on for one second, you'll get a beam of light coming out of that torch 300,000 kilometers long. Now turn the torch off. The beam of light is still there, coming from nowhere, going somewhere. So we can actually make light, and once it's made, it self-exists. Now, we are not as good as God at it. He just spoke and it was. We have to buy a battery. But we can still make light so it self-exists. So don't think there's a problem in having light without a sun. Light just needs a source, and God was the source. Just the same as Jesus said, I, I am the light. And just like in the, in the New Testament, um, in the end of the world, they'll neither need the sun right, for the day because I am their light, says the Lord. 
Now, he wasn't the physical light back there in Genesis, but he was the source. He spoke it into existence, just like he spoke water into wine. Right, so yeah. he, he so can the do bearer, that. Yeah, that's right. That's why he can change the bearer you and me. The light that you spoke of, who, right. who was he? Was that, was that God or was no, that the bearer of the light else? in Genesis chapter 1 is the sun. The, the light is appointed. The light that already exists is actually made part of the sun. So the word sun itself, look it up in the Hebrew, it doesn't mean just simply light. It means the bearer of the light because mm, the light right. already existed. That's very cool. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So, there we and, go. and they all reflect the Creator, who is Jesus, who said, "I am the light of the world." Right. So that's what you find. Yep. The nature of Jesus is reflected in His creation as the bearer of the light. Fantastic. Okay. Hey, thanks so much for the uh, question. That's really good. Yeah, great. Thanks for calling. You'll find a lot more Thank of that you. if you get one. Be Vision Bookshops shops one of our uh, stocks. One of our books called Jesus in Genesis. So if you want to follow up more of that, you can order it from Vision. That's uh, uh, Walking Through Genesis with Jesus is the title of draft. Starting your day the right way. This is Rise and Shine with Robbo and Becky on Vision. And of course, it's going to be brighter days for uh, John Mackay uh, this month. You've got a huge month. Brighter and busier, bless. <laughs> and then our open day. Uh, opening the museum finally, officially, right? Yeah, that's so exciting. Officials invited, and then it's really gang, gang, gang go on. So pray for that if you're down there near Beauty Point, Launceston, come and visit us. It's open, I think, five, six days a week, something like that. Really great adventure down there. Right. And uh, then we've got September the 24th here in Queensland at the world's biggest and best outdoor creation museum site with fossils and you name it, and a great big new fossil shed. That's a free day. It's really designed to show our supporters what we've done with their money, their mm. gifts, etc. But you'll get a lot of benefit out, lots of new displays. That's September the 24th. It's free. Uh, bring your own lunch and water, but in reality, you must book. We'll give you free afternoon tea, but in reality, you will find that if you don't get in soon, you will be blocked mm. out. It's the mm. first big one we've had in three years. Yes. Praise the Lord, it's gone. <laughs> uh, all the obstructions. So yeah, that's, that's so good. good. So, yeah, make sure you uh, do register there. I just went to creation research uh, net, and it's the first thing that you'll see when you go to the website there uh, in the top. So, free Jurassic Ark Open Day on the 24th of September. So get along to that or Check the one in Tassie uh, next Friday is exciting. That's, that's or wonderful. Or in England if you're over yeah, there. Yeah, if you've right got over. family yeah. over there. Go and yeah. tell them to check it out. It's all happening. So creationresearch.net. John, thanks again. Oh, we, we love, we always having, love you having you come in. And uh, just it's wonderful to hear you, as we said, like a walking encyclopedia. Oh, I just love it. It's well, so, one thing so I learned ages ago is, Lord, I need wisdom. You are the source. You provide. So it's there, folks. Just ask the Lord Jesus yep. for it. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.